Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, my millions. Welcome aboard. It is Saturday morning. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning from high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. We welcome you as we go through this crazy world of sports. Got a great show online for you today. It's our annual Thanksgiving show. Uh, so we're going to want to hear from you as far as what do you like on Thanksgiving? What is your, what is your favorite food? What is your tradition? Uh, and so forth. So we kind of jump it in and out of that as well. We'll be starting off with Adam Jividen, a super uh, Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, uh, all-around great dude, our college football co-pilot. He's back. We're going to break down some games, <clears throat> probably talk a little Jim Harbaugh. And then also we've got Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast and the fan place. We'll have this breakdown uh, this week in the NFL as well, because Ed Kratz getting ready for that big Super Bowl rematch, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. The biggest, the biggest story out of out of that uh, thing is, uh, will Taylor Swift be? In, of course, will Taylor Swift be in, uh, <laughs> be in attendance, right? My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. Stick around; it's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masa le pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. 
Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. Time to get into that, that season, right? That Christmas season. We haven't played any Christmas music in here in a, over a year. So don't worry. We won't be, we won't be uh, drowning you with Christmas music, but uh, there are those who start Christmas early. Joining us now, Adam Jividen. It's Christmas all year long with this guy. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you, man? You know what? Never better. Always good on a Saturday, right? Always good on a Saturday. Yes, you, ready for, you, you ready for Christmas? Get there. Get there. Get Thanksgiving first, that's for sure. So Thanksgiving, uh coming up on Thursday. Gotta know what your what's your go to foods, uh what's your tradition every year? What are you and you and Oliver doing for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I mean we're going so we're going to my uncle's house, um have you know, lunch with my with my aunts and uncles and grandparents. Um my go to I don't know. I'm I I love um I I kind of I like I love turkey but I'm like a I'm kind of a junkie on a lot of the sides um uh, mashed yeah. potatoes chicken and noodles mac and cheese mm-hmm. green bean casserole um <laughs> I'm not a sweet potatoes person I I oh, can't stand no sweet potatoes. yeah no yeah. sweet potatoes I think we agree at a hundred percent on that. I, you know, I, my mom said I would never even eat it as a kid with baby food. Yeah. No sweet potatoes. You could, you could put brown sugar on them. You could put cinnamon on them. You could bake them in a pie. You can call them yams. You can call them whatever. Sweet potato fries, sweet potato pies. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to my, yep. uh, my brothers. We're going to my brothers. I'm making the meat this year. So we get, our family's kind of weird. Part of them like ham and part of them like turkey. So I'm making both. Uh, so I've got a big old bird that uh, is uh, currently thawing, and that takes okay. quite a few days. So, yeah. yeah are, you gonna, a, are you going to fry it? Probably, yeah. I'm, I'm going to roast it, though, for sure. Uh, I, okay. I, I bounce back, back and forth from doing a deep fry, but uh, it's just such a hassle. <laughs> it's such a hassle. But I love deep fried turkey, that's for sure. But I'm a, I'm a dessert guy. I do like me some pies, pumpkin pie, pe- pecan pie. Give me some pecan pie. Won't use the adjective in that, but uh, you probably have heard it. But uh, anyway, let's get jumping into uh, some college football talk. Let's let's keep this uh, drama, this as the world turns around, Jim Harbaugh going. Um, of course, there's the NFL rumors, the Bears, there's that sort of stuff. But here recently, and when I mean recently, yesterday, a report came out uh, that uh, the, the NCAA has evidence versus uh, – Michigan that included booster involvement in the scouting scheme, uh, which it, 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 and they attempted to destroy some evidence. So uh, let's let's get up to speed on that. We know Jim Harbaugh was suspended, uh, and if they went out and if they if they get a chance to play in the college football playoffs, he very well could be their coach. I don't know that it's fair, but we you and I haven't talked since the suspension per se. Uh, bring us up to speed on your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh, the suspension, and all of the drama surrounding the team up north. Yeah, I, I mean, so Harbaugh was suspended for for three games, and um, and it wasn't even really three games. He just couldn't be on the sideline during the game each week. Mm-hmm. He was still going to be allowed to like coach during the week and. And and I'm going to say their name because they don't strike fear in anybody's heart anymore. Um, the the cheaters at Michigan decided they were going to fight it to every ounce it. of their being. They they had they had radio broadcasters say they were going to go to war with the NCAA and the Big Ten, and they would just leave the Big Ten for the SEC because the SEC would never do this to their bell cow program. 
first of all, you idiots, you're not the bell cow program. Get that through your dumb skulls. Um, and then all of a sudden, we had an about change of Michigan, uh, for the sake of their student athletes, is going to accept the, the suspension. No, it's not. Everybody knew that's not why you accepted it. You accepted it because you actually, like, took three seconds to, to, to look at the evidence that was provided, and you said, oh, we're screwed. We're going to accept this rather than continue to tell everybody to pound sand because it's just going to get worse for us, which it did. Because then yesterday, um, Chris Partridge, the, the linebackers coach, um, was abruptly fired because they found him destroying computer evidence. Like, hmm, hey, guys, maybe there's not something on here. There was definitely nothing happening. Like, I think this is the thing that everybody that is not connected to the Michigan program is really taking such, like, delight in is the fact that that program, which has under Jim Harbaugh these last few years, been complete arrogant jerks, and even then throughout this process, are still being complete arrogant jerks, are finally being proven that the only reason they were arrogant is because they had to cheat to get there. You can't get there because you're actually good enough. You have to – I mean, this thing is now going deep. And then the big thing is – and this is where, Tom, I don't know if you've dug into this. Have you seen that U.S. integrity has been involved the last couple of days with the FBI? No, I had not seen that. So U.S. integrity, for those of you that don't know, they are the organization established once gambling became legalized in this country. They are the – the organization that was built to help monitor uh, gambling and basically making sure that that betting is not being altered. And so U.S. integrity is involved because now the question and the concern is once they kind of put two and two together that Michigan was cheating and they were beating the spread so substantially often is that coaches – were involved with a scheme that's essentially defrauding the gambling industry, which, like, if you've watched any mafia movie ever, you don't screw with Vegas and their money. Um, and <laughs> and then on top of that, there is now also it, – it's not official, but we're hearing kind of whispers that some of their coaches may have been involved with betting on the point spreads using aliases. Um, it's bad. It's very bad. This is one of those where as more details begin to kind of trickle out, um, it just seemingly gets worse. There, There's whispers as to what the NCAA is going to do. Uh, we, uh, as, as more things have come out, I, I mean, I've heard anything from like a five to seven-year bull ban with substantial um, suspensions, and they're – or not, well, yeah, suspensions and fines. Um, word is they're going to basically slap a show cause, which means you can't be involved with anything at a college football level um, five years on the entire staff. And the other talk is they're considering giving Ward Manuel, who is the athletic director at Michigan, a show cause as well, because this does fall under the oversight and purview of the university. Um, it's going to be a part of the the, the the dreaded uh, lack of institutional control letter that they're going to get. Um, I'm assuming Santa Ono, their president's going to be fired. But the NCAA is, I mean, they're, they're saying they almost need to take Michigan down um, in terms of their notoriety and everything. They're saying it's, it's going to take a, a, a clean house for 10 years to purge all of this from the system. Um, the yeah. other thing that's the interesting caveat to this um, is that no. Um, the other thing that's the interesting caveat, Tom, is that they are saying now that the question that's been proposed is if Michigan, um, let's just say they have all these sanctions, can they use NIL to have a high-level recruit still be considered a um, 
or, or let's just say they have a high-level recruit that wants to still come, even though they're suspended, um, would they be able to almost subvert the system using NIL and have like a booster, give them a big contract for some like let's say high-level player? And so the NCAA is also being reported as using this situation as the leverage that they have needed to pass NIL reform across college football so you can't do things like give a non-scholarship player big-time NIL dollars or – because right now NIL, even now in year three, is very much – you know, we're at the beginning of the third year. It's still very much the wild, wild west. Yeah, it is the wild, wild west. It'll it'll continue to be the wild, wild west. I mean, it's the NCAA. Come on, we know it's okay to cheat. It's just uh, who who who's going to get the who's going to get uh, uh, and it's it's appropriate title showcase because that's all it is. It's it's a hey, let's just put this team out front because at the end of the day, what's going to happen? The 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 staff, the college, the coaching staff get fired or whatever. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the Raiders or the Bears, and he's going to take that staff with him. Uh, so the people that caused the problem are gone. The long-lasting effect is where Michigan gets screwed in, in, in the middle of it all. It wasn't the school. I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't the players. Uh, but, well, no, they're, okay. they're going to get Here's screwed. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. One. The players did know what was happening. The, the NCAA has been interviewing the players, and the players are, like, diamond out on their coaches. Like, the players knew what was happening. They knew they were cheating. If you go back to the Ohio State game last year, when, when Connor Stallions make it, made a motion – say that for Monday when you go to school because you take it home. When Connor Stallions made a motion on the sidelines indicating the, basically the, the – the, the audible that the defense was going to go into based off of what C.J. Stroud called at the line of scrimmage, the entire sideline was doing it. And to say that the Michigan wasn't involved, the university wasn't involved, the university right now is still trying to cover up crap from Harbaugh and their staff. They're still the ones saying that, oh, it's us versus everybody. Everybody has to overcome challenges and difficulties. Like, stop. Like, this, this idea that Harbaugh and his staff weren't – we're just this rogue agent, and certain people in the university didn't – the university turned a blind eye to whatever they were doing. If you can put Jim Trestle out on a rail for some of his players selling the things that they won for tattoos or Urban Meyer essentially getting fired and suspended and then fired, he stepped down. But it was a – it was a both sides said it's time to move on because a staff member – got into an altercation with his ex-wife, I, I stopped caring about the Michigan defensive, oh, look at poor little Michigan. We didn't do anything. It was just this big bad man called Jim Harbaugh. Like, stop it. That is, that is complete garbage. The idea yeah. of lack of institutional control is when you are the head coach and when you are the organization, it is your freaking job to pay attention to what's happening. Michigan well, doesn't go 24. 20- Six and twenty-four under Jim Harbaugh for three years, and then all of a sudden turn into the freaking eighty-five Bears in one season. They well, knew it's going to happen. They just didn't care. It's going to be fun next week. Uh, Ohio State is at Michigan, uh, number three and number two teams. Uh, that will be an exciting game to watch. Uh, Ryan Day is hosting uh, the Minnesota Gophers today. Uh, any uh, any big thing you want to shed on that before we uh, go against the spread here? Minnesota Gophers, that's I mean, the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's senior day. We're going to kill them. It's just a matter of we just need to – no more injuries. That's it. <laughs> this week is all about no more injuries. We want to go into the game next week fully healthy and give them the beating that, frankly – all of college football is wanting to see. Usually Ohio State is not on the uh, receiving end of having all of college football supporting them. And this is completely shifted the dynamic. We've been seen for the last kind of few years as like the Yankees, where it was like everybody enjoyed hating us. Same with Alabama, like the reason why I hate Alabama. Like, but we're one of those teams that everybody's like, oh, I hate that school. 
And now it's like totally shifted. Like I've heard people that like have hated Ohio State for years that are like, hey, man, at least this season, I hope you guys kill Michigan. I'm like, thank you. I do too. Um, so oh, no, no. this week it's going to be stay healthy. They'll win by 28 to 30 with ease. Yeah, I, I don't. There, I knew there was not a lot of uh, meat in that game. But let's go ahead and let's get the, our our matchups against the spread. We'll keep the conversation going against uh, Michigan. It's a double in game. Michigan uh, is on the road with Maryland. Maryland six to four. Michigan is ten and zero. The spread is twenty one and a half. And so you know how this works in this particular situation. And as we go through the rest of these, if you pick Michigan. Uh, they must be, win by at least 22 points. If you pick Maryland, uh, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than 21 points. So, against the spread, who wins this matchup, Michigan or Maryland? I, I think this is going to play out kind of where Michigan will win, and they'll say, like, oh, Michigan looks dominant. And then you, like, look at it, and you're like, hold on. Um this game would have been tied in the fourth quarter if James Franklin wasn't stupid. Um, I, I think Maryland will keep it closer than the spread. So I, I would take the under on the on the plus 21. I, I think at some point, like, you now don't have your linebackers coach. Your head coach is not on the sideline. Players have been dealing with this crap now for, for weeks. You can only do the Michigan versus everybody stuff for so long when you actually are realizing, like, oh, we are the ones that everybody hates. Um, <laughs> I, I think Maryland keeps it closer than 21. I still think Michigan wins the game. So they're, yeah. we're going to have undefeated Michigan and undefeated Ohio State next week. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be the best game of the week. I can tell you that right now. Let's go it's on to the Oklahoma best game of the Sooners. Year. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Let's go on to Oklahoma Sooners. Head out to the BYU Cougars. Oklahoma's number 14, 8 and 2. The spread is 20, 24 and a half. If you pick the Sooners, they must win by at least 25. If you pick the BYU Cougars, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than 24 points. Oklahoma Sooners or BYU, who wins this battle against the spread? Uh, I, I mean, I would say this is going to probably be similar to what I just said with, with Michigan. Um, Oklahoma is very up and down this year. Um, you know, I, I Oklahoma will win the game. Will they win by 24? I don't think so. Um, BYU, excuse me, BYU is not as good as they have been in, in recent years, but um, I would still lean towards having – lean towards taking, taking uh, uh, Oklahoma to win, but, again, not cover. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big spread. It's a pretty big spread for a road game. All right, here we go. It's a little smaller of a spread, though. We've got the number 24 Tulane Green Wave uh, headed out to the Florida Atlantic Owls. Uh, again, if you uh, pick uh, the Tulane Green Wave, they must win by at least 10 points. If you pick Florida Atlantic Coast, uh, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than nine points. Uh, the, uh, so the Tulane and Florida Atlantic. Uh, I'll take Tulane. I've not watched a second of them this year, but I have seen Florida Atlantic, and they're abysmal. So I'm going to take Tulane to cover. <laughs> gotcha. Move on to the next game here. Maybe, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, so we got a pretty good matchup here uh, against uh, the uh, UMass uh, Minutemen. They're 3-7. and seven. Uh, The spread's 28.5 against your alum, Liberty Flames. Or ten and zero, buddy. Ten and zero. Spread is twenty eight and a half. If you if you pick UMass, uh, uh, I mean, if you pick the Liberty Flames, they must win by at least twenty nine points. If you pick UMass Minutemen, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than twenty eight points. What say you, sir? Winning, covering, go Liberty. That's how. Yeah, the go fact Liberty. That they have just now started to get like top twenty five votes is ridiculous. <laughs> I kind of thought you'd, you'd go in that direction. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, just the history of Michigan, let's talk a little bit about Appalachian State Mountaineers. They're six and four. They're on the road against James Madison Dukes, ten and zero. Won a little money on James Madison uh, last week, uh, but Appalachian, uh, the history there with Michigan is they beat them by a full goal, and that's that's their claim to fame. Uh, so. Uh, 
Appalachian State Mountaineers are on the road against the James Madison Dukes, which, by the way, are a pretty doggone good good team. Yeah, the James the Madison is motoring through people this year. Uh, it's ten and a half. I'm taking James Madison on the over. They're they're just they're just laying it down on everybody right now. Um, and and I think James Madison and Liberty are like they're in the same boat where it's like you'll have like three or four lost teams that are being considered to be ranked ahead of the team that's like 10 and 0. It's like, guys, stop this. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would have James Madison to cover um, that, that, that point spread. I, they're just, they're just, they're just laying no prisoners. It's, it's great to see. Um, I love it when these kind of like upstart programs have like that, that awesome year and it helps them kind of take a step to the next level. All right, now a good game of the week to watch. Georgia Bulldogs 10-0 on the road against Arkansas Volunteers. We had a disappointing loss last week against uh, Missouri. I like Missouri. My, actually, my, my boss is a uh, Missouri Tiger alumni. There was a lot of trash talking going on. In this house, we're big Tennessee people. We love our balls. Uh, one might say that the Tennessee Vols got murdered. I'd just say they got beat by a, by a really good team, and that's Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs on the road down to old Rocky Top. Uh, can the, the spread is 10.5. What say you, sir? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I think Georgia is starting to play the best that they've played all season, similar to what we're seeing out of Ohio State. Um both teams had to replace a lot talent um, throughout the year, breaking in new quarterbacks. Um, I just don't see Tennessee keeping it keeping it close. I would love to see them keep it close. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will be all for that one, but uh, I, I don't. I just I see Georgia kind of going again. They've only really been tested once, and that really is because of the weakness of this year of the SEC, and, and it's setting up for, again, another Alabama-Georgia matchup. And the interesting about thing about that is, is even though Alabama is not as good as they've been in previous years, they've been more tested than Georgia is. They're winning tougher games, um, closer games. This could be a year where the one-loss Alabama team not, uh, knocks off Georgia again. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all if that happened. Um, now I I hope it doesn't because we would see the talking heads lose their mind about trying to get a one loss Georgia in with a one loss Alabama um, into the playoff, which is asinine because again Georgia hasn't really played anybody except Missouri uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so I I would I would lean towards. Georgia covering, um, but but my my heart and my hope will be with your vault. I hope that you are right, sir. I hope that you are right. A couple more uh, games here. Let's talk a little bit about the game I'll be at today. I'll be headed down to Bloomington right after this game. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch them play. It's going to be fun to watch them win. We know there's no way in hell they're going to a bowl game. They screwed themselves. They screwed the pooch last year week against Illinois, a game they very much could have won and should have won, and we are going to probably say goodbye to Tom Allen, who's probably going to go to the NFL, but that's neither here nor there, a conversation for another day. I obviously want to see the Hoosiers win. I think the spread is only three and a half, so, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They're favored by, IU is favored by three and a half, uh, but it's a 32 and a half point spread. Um, and like I said, they're coming off a battle against Illinois in a 48-45 loss in overtime. They covered the spread um, as four and a half point underdogs, but uh, you know they're, they're listed currently as, the, as a four and a half point home team favorite. Uh, but uh, what do you say against Michigan State coming into uh, uh, I almost said Assembly Hall, uh, Memorial Stadium down in Bloomington? I'll be there. Um, so Michigan State is awful. <laughs> um, they had um, like their opening drive against Ohio State. They had a few good runs 
And and a lot of that was they were running out of some, like, weird packages that they haven't typically run out of. Um, and so that Ohio State made some adjustments, and then it was – that was it. Like, that was that – was, that, was that was the whole game. Um, and, I mean, they're just – they're just bad. They're, they're bad. The roster is just depleted. Um, and then, obviously, they – they fired Mel Tucker in the middle of the season with cause, even though I think everybody was like, oh, I don't know that that was really a with cause type of thing. But anyway, that's either here or there. Um, I think IU covers. I think the players know this is going to be one of the last games for Coach Allen. And, and Tom Allen, for everything that he is not, he is loved by the vast majority of his players. I've seen – Michael Penix, even while he's at Washington, talks so highly of his time with IU, mm-hmm. so highly of Coach Allen. Uh, do I think he's going to go to the NFL? I don't know. I think he made – I could see him just kind of use this to maybe ride off in the sunset, maybe take a year or two off. Maybe he goes and, and goes into these new analyst roles that a lot of like the older, more experienced coaches are because it's less strenuous on you and your family. Um I don't know where he goes. I, I don't think he'll be back at IU next year. Um, I think he kind of knows it. Um, and I think for that, we're going to see IU give an inspired performance for their coach. And I think he will see a victory today down there in Bloomington. <laughs> I think so. I, I guess like you want to say it's great to see them win, but if they lose, my God, what an embarrassment. What an embarrassment to get beat by Michigan State at home, especially with the year that – that Michigan State uh, is is having. Uh, real quickly, uh, what were your thoughts about uh, our Colts put on the home recap, at least for me, uh, the Colts in Germany against New England, a game that they should have won and they did win. Uh, but certainly I think we're gonna, we're starting to see the end of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's not going to get fired in New England. He's one of arguably whether or not we like what he's done or not done or whatever the results are, are there. He's arguably one of the best uh, – coaches of all time and certainly uh you know there's a, a a prime opportunity for him to end this season and go back over to his other team of love and that's the new york giants what are your thoughts about that game and and uh, bill belichick moving forward uh you know i i think belichick is uh, yeah i think belichick is, is toasted i think he's just he's worn out the time. I mean, sometimes just with organizations, you need a new voice, and I think that's what they need in New England. It was great for the Colts to pick up a win, but also hurt to pick up the win because, like, you're we're not, not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. now, right? Harrison Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, not that there's not other good receivers. Like the, the Colts could pick up a, a Keon Coleman. They could get Roma Dunze, who I don't think is as good as some of the others. Uh, Ameka Ibuka, I think, is going to be a stud. In the NFL, he has had kind of some of his his shine taken off this year, but that's because he's been injured and then working through some of the new receiver stuff. Um, and he's just frankly on a team that has Marvin Harrison, who is the best college receiver I think we've seen in years. I mean, he's ahead of Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, who at I the could... time was like uh, he's ahead of Julio Jones. Uh, Marvin yeah. is just another level, and he makes Emeka, who is very good, look not as good. Um, I, I think it's yeah. good, though, for the Colts to, to pick up the win. It's just one of those where you're like, oh, good for them to win, but, oh, we could be so close to Marvin Harrison. Um, <laughs> I don't get drafted by the Patriots, personally. Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot, jumps on today with us, uh, and uh, – he, his, he's known to love the sides of, of Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Adam, thanks for joining us. Unless you want to stick around for another half hour and jump in the NFL talk with us, you're more than welcome. I know you said you had to bounce. So. Yeah, I got to get going. Everybody have a great week, and we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Adam Jividen, our official college football co-pilot. It also happens to be a super uh, Buckeye fan, Brown fan, Guardian fan. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fan, so uh, certainly been a part of the show for a long time. Joining us now is no Marvin Harrison Jr., but he is a legacy in his own right, Mr. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place. How are you, sir? 
Good, good. How are we doing? Uh, never better. Always good on a, on a Saturday before Thanksgiving. Okay, so we got to know what's your, what's your Thanksgiving tradition, your go-to, as far as what do you load your plate down with? Is it turkey? Is it the sides? Is it the desserts? Combination thereof. Yeah, um, I'm more of just a turkey and mashed potato kind of guy. If there's macaroni and cheese available, I'm going to eat that. But uh, I just like to keep it simple. A lot of brown on that plate and uh, go back it. for seconds. I love it. Well, we have a big family. So we kind of alternate around each year who's going to be uh, uh, making the meats and stuff. So we're all getting together at my brother's house. I am making the meats this year. So I'm making a Cajun, uh, injected Cajun turkey. And my family's kind of weird. Part of them like ham, part of them like turkey. So I'm also making the ham. But I'm a big dessert guy. Bring on the dessert. Pecan pie, pumpkin pie, anything with the word pie in, I'm, I'm all about it. So it's yeah. Uh, I'm a big ham guy too. I like a little ham and turkey. I'm a big football napping kind of guy. So I got your squares going. So we'll we'll have to see if I can stay awake. We're going to Terre Haute, so let's <laughs> you know drive there, or drive back, but then you know. <laughs> so yep. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, let's get into the NFL. We'll start with our homer card here, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of go around the league. Also, I want to talk a little bit about some games against the spread in the NFL. Uh, and uh, with you as well. Uh, so let's start with uh, the Colts are on a bye week this week, but we were just talking about their performance last week in Germany. A great win that they should have won, could have won, and did win. Uh, but we were just kind of talking about the legacy of Bill Belichick that we're probably starting to see the end of Bill Belichick. Um, but, you know, again, arguably, he, he's probably one of the greatest uh, football NFL coaches of all time, whether or not you like or don't like the Patriots, or, or maybe it's been, it was all Tom Brady, but either which way. Um, I think his time at New England will end on his time, but I also think that he's probably looking beyond the horizons. You look at it, and, you know, being in the broadcast booth, those opportunities are probably for sure going to be open for him. But a, a conversation this week that I heard on, in the National Talking Heads was that there's a good opportunity now, especially with the way the Giants are performing, for Bill Belichick to return to the Giants, which is where his legacy in a lot would argue started. What, what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, I think if he's going to end up anywhere, I, I think the Chargers make a little bit more sense being out in L.A., being able to have a quarterback that's ready to go in his third or fourth season, and, and Justin Herbert, who has, has the ability and the, and, and the chance to be great as well. Um, I think that would be the best option, but yeah, he's going to leave at the end of the year. They're not going to fire him midseason. He he deserves better than that. Obviously, he's done enough for that organization and that franchise to last a lifetime and, and the legacy that he's left in New England. Um, I think his best option would be to go, if he wants to continue coaching, of course. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be in the booth. I just don't know if he has the personality to be somebody that, that's going to be able to be a, a color commentator. But um, I think certainly it's one of two options for me. If 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 you're asking me where I think he's going to be in one, it's either he's going to run away into the bed and retire and be with his family, and we won't hear from him too much anymore, or he'll go and he'll take over the Chargers, where he's got Justin Herbert ready to go, um, who is a Pro Bowl quarterback already in his third season, uh, and have him ready to go and maybe see what he can do with the Chargers franchise. You know, we saw a pretty good game. Uh... At, at, really at first on Thursday night, they, the Bengals and the Ravens, Joe Burrow is now out for this season, just got back, and now he's out for the season. And quite frankly, so are the Bengals. But uh, the Ravens are in a good spot right now, but they kind of got there in an ugly way. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about Joe Bar Burrow being out for the season uh, and the Bengals' loss to the Ravens? That pretty much put a nail in their coffin for the season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's tough for the Bengals. I mean, this is a team that obviously had Super Bowl aspirations heading into the season. Uh, they got in the Super Bowl two years ago, lost last year, obviously, in the playoffs, and Burrow has not has kind of been up and down on the health scale. And uh, Yeah, certainly that eliminates them from, from playoff contention from a homer standpoint with the Colts. I mean, you think about they still have a game against the Bengals, and that's a team that they're racing for into the wild card race. And we know the Bengals are going to be without Joe Burrow. Then you get a, a Steelers team if you're the Colts. Um, another team that's battling for a wild card spot that um, they they've been outgained in every game so far. Like the the opponents for the Steelers have outgained them in every every aspect. So um, we'll see as far as Baltimore goes. I mean, tough place to play. Um, you know, 
Lamar's playing really good, which is good. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's using his feet, using his arm downfield, and the Ravens are destined, obviously, to win that division now. Uh, but Cleveland's right there knocking on the door, too. It's a really good division between the Browns, Bengals, Steelers, and, and, and Ravens. I mean, obviously, the Bengals right now are not going to make the playoffs, but those are all teams that are right at or above 500. Lamar Chase, boy, he's scoring me some fantasy points, and I love it. He's doing a he's doing a a great job. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Cowboys and the Panthers. Frank Reich has won one game, and I hope that the Panthers will stay patient with him. Uh, but I don't see any any reason to think that there's a much of a story here between the Cowboys and the Panthers. Uh, Cowboys at the Panthers. What are your thoughts? And the spread on that yeah, is ten I mean, and a half. The, the the Panthers' defense isn't bad. Obviously, um, you know, they only gave us 13 points to the Colts a few weeks ago, uh, even though the score was 27 to whatever because they had the two pick sixes. But, um, you know, I think the Cowboys will win this game. I, I think it'll be a defensive struggle, though. I don't think you're going to see the Cowboys throwing, um, you know, C.D. Lamb, 75-yard touchdowns and putting up a lot of numbers. I think it's going to be an ugly, grinded-out game. I think the Cowboys will walk away with a win. But 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 if it's twenty four ten twenty four thirteen, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, let's talk a little bit about the Browns. Uh, the Browns got some bad news also in their quarterback situation. I told uh, Adam via text this week, "Welcome to uh, pay my quarterback a lot of money to sit on the sidelines uh, club." Uh, so they're right there. That happened with them as well. I also heard that uh, Joe Flacco uh, made an appearance there at Cleveland for a workout. Uh, Joe Flacco, uh, former Super Bowl MVP, obviously great in his day, but does he still have it? Does he still have it? What do you say? I, I don't know if he's been signed by the Browns. I just know that he was working out with them. Uh, but the Steelers and the Browns, you, you still gotta like the you still gotta like the Browns for a win in this game against Steelers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, you probably are gonna go with your backup. I believe Downing is the guy who came in for the Bengals. I, you know, I know it's easy to say, oh, let's go get this guy, or let's go move around and get this guy, and if we can see if we can bring in and get lightning in the bottle and save our playoff from that just never really works. I mean, the Colts tried it. You remember years ago with Kerry Collins, that didn't work after Peyton Manning had gotten hurt. Um, I think the Bengals are just, that's just it. They are who who they are. And it's probably going to be, you know, a team that is going to now look and say, all right, well, maybe we can get a nice draft pick and another weapon in there for Joe Burrow and build again for the next year. You know, I'm taking the Browns on this game just because they're at home. This is a coin flip. I mean, the spread is only one. The spread is only one point. I mean, so you really could go either way and probably get it right. But I'm gonna go with the Browns to win on this game. Uh, but you know, from the betting perspective, if you've got a spread of one point, I would say go on to a different game. Would you agree? Yeah, that or take the money line. I mean, but you look at um, you know Browns starting a backup quarterback. It's gonna be, you know, the weather, the conditions are always something that. I think that you have to look at, and the Steelers, Browns. I mean, I think the best bet here is the under, just because it's two teams that, you know, Kenny Pickett offensively hasn't really gotten going for the Steelers, um, and Deshaun Watson going to be out. Uh, these are this. This is also a battle though for that wild card spot. If you think about it, I mean, this is this is uh, two teams that are six and three. They may not catch Baltimore, but they certainly have a chance to pick up that wild card spot. So, I like a defensive battle here. A grinded out, old fashioned 17 10 type game. Well, we've got the Bears and the Lions, and uh, the Lions are just playing incredible football right now. Uh, the Bears, probably the future, one of the considerations for Jim Harbaugh's <laughs> next spot. The Bears are the Raiders, people are saying. But uh, again, this looks like it's just kind of be kind of like a. Uh, it's just going to be a, a good solid check the box off win at Ford, at Ford Field uh, on Sunday. Uh, the Lions and the Bears. What are your thoughts? And the spread's like seven and a half on that. The spread, yeah, the spread's seven and a half on that. Yeah, I'd bring that down probably that half point to seven. Uh, the Lions are rolling. They're going to win that division. Uh, Minnesota's been a fun story. We'll get to that as well. But um, yeah, the Lions should win this one, take care of it. They'll get a win again. Uh, they got a tough one coming up on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, to the Lions, and, and you know how it is playing on that short week. Um, you get a Green Bay team that, that isn't, isn't really what we thought that they were going to be with Jordan Love, but the two Lions home games in the next five days, 
uh, look for them to push their record to nine and two, and I believe that would probably be the best start in Detroit Lions football history. Oh, I think you're right, and uh, good friend of the show, Rick Riggin, is a big Lions fan, so he's super ecstatic. And we we were making jokes after they won the first game and headed to the Super Bowl, but now that very well might be a reality conversation, at least uh, going to a championship. Uh, a, a divisional championship game. We've got the Chargers on the road against the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not at the Packers, and neither are any of the W's that he left behind. Uh, so I, I'm a little concerned about what's going on there in Green Bay. So for that fact, I would I would certainly say, even though that San Diego was on the road, I, I would certainly say to that I would go with the Chargers in this in this matchup. Yeah, this is must-win for the Chargers at 4-5. and five. You've got to get yourself back to 500 because it's an up-and-down schedule for the Chargers from here on out. They get Baltimore coming in the following week. Then they got to go to New England. Um, then they get a Denver team who's 4-5 and five. all of a sudden. We'll talk about them. Uh, so this is a must-win to keep the season going for the Chargers. So here's the thing, uh, and I appreciate you jumping in uh, for uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is obviously going to be part of that Super Bowl rematch on Monday we're going to get to that game here in just a second. So helping us break it down, the NFL this week. Let's let's go hang out in our our home uh, Homer Card area, and that's the AFC South. The Cardinals are on the road to the Texans, and the Texans are a dangerous beast to contend with in the uh, in the AFC South. Now, I wish that wasn't the case, but it certainly is. Uh, the The Texans will easily handle the Arizona Cardinals, I think, this week. Yeah, like you said, the Texans all of a sudden at five and four, looking to go to six and four. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud is electrifying. Kyler Murray still trying to find his, uh, still trying to find his rhythm in Arizona after returning last week. Houston should win this one handedly. Um, C.J. Stroud's been incredible. He's well on his way to the Rookie of the Year. Fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions on the season. Um, I like the Texans in this one. Uh, besides Will Anderson on the defensive side of the football, he's questionable, but. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's dropped four of their last five. And, um, you know, the uh, the Texans come back last week, beat the Bengals. They got caught up in a shootout and beat Tampa Bay two weeks ago. Uh, that loss at Carolina is kind of, kind of questioning. Also, the loss at Atlanta is a little questioning. But I think uh, Houston wins it here, here tomorrow. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Somebody's got to lose. And they're both playing yeah. relatively – pardon me? Yeah, I mean, you look at Will Levis with the Titans, you don't know what you're going to get. The Jaguars, I mean, you go back to you, – you look at the Jaguars right now, Tom, and you say, oh, okay, yeah, six and three, they're rolling in the AFC South, things are good, things are looking great, but you take that loss to San Francisco, and then, uh, you know, you take that loss last week, and all of a sudden that six and three maybe doesn't look as good as what we thought it was going to be. Uh, give me Jacksonville in this one. They should they should handle the Titans with 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 ease tomorrow. Well, you know, and and also it'll it'll certainly keep the Colts in their position. Obviously, in the in the on the bye week, if if by chance, if by chance, and this is a, a very small chance, if by chance Arizona beats Tennessee, I mean beats Texas, that'll that'll uh, certainly help our standings in the AF, AFC South. Another game that's exciting to watch. Two is back. Uh, the Oakland Raiders are a, a dumpster fire. They're on the road to, against Miami, and uh, like I said, two is back, and uh, he's my fantasy quarterback, and I got him back in the lineup. Uh, so I look for great things from the Dolphins, and Dolphins have been another fun team uh, to to watch this this year. So what are your what are your thoughts on on that game? I think the Dolphins are still the most dangerous team in the league. Sometimes they sometimes they do, however, rely a little bit too much. Um, on Tyreek Hill. But, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, this is a team that kind of controls their own destiny. We know that they're going to make the playoffs. The Raiders have been good. Uh, you think about Aiden O'Connell coming in and, and picking up a, a couple wins that maybe we thought that they wouldn't get. We thought we kind of wrote them off, but they blow out the Giants. They blow out the Jets. Um, they're probably going to get blown out in Miami. But, you know, for right now, Las Vegas is in the playoff hunt. Um, that could change over the next two weeks when you get the Chiefs and the Dolphins. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what Miami can do. I think they're one of the more exciting teams in the league. And, dude, Tom, look at their schedule. Here's who they got. The next couple of weeks, cookie cutter, Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets. 
but then they get the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills to end the season. So those last three games of the year for the Dolphins are going to be must-watch. Well, to move on, the Giants are on the road to the Commanders. The Commanders need a new stadium, but they are winning there, and they are winning uh, at home. The Giants, again, is another one of those dumpster fires. The the spread is nine. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't see any reason to go with the Giants in this game. Do you? Commanders are an ugly one, uh, like 20 to 7, 20 to 10. The Giants just have no offense. They can't move the football. Commanders have looked decent. Um and they need a win to stay alive in the NFC playoff hunt. So uh, look, for, look for the commanders to certainly get it done. We move on down we move on down the, the road here to Tampa Bay is at the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers are back. Uh, they have turned the light on, and they are headed the other direction straight to the playoffs. And uh, I don't see the Buccaneers going all the way out to San Francisco to get a win. Uh, what are your thoughts between the Buccaneers and the 49ers? Yeah, this one's got 49ers written all over it. They're going to win this one. They're going to win this one run of the way. And uh, we'll see what we'll, we'll, we'll see if the 49ers are destined for another Super Bowl run. It's going to be between them and the Eagles, I think, again, in the, AS, in the NFC. Excuse me. Well, let's talk a little bit about the team that's been uh, being talked about all week long, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills got a loss that they should have gotten. That was a dumpster of trash fire of all games, if there has been one this season at all. Now, do I necessarily agree that the Bills should have fired uh, Sean McDermott? Uh, I mean, Ken, Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, is the guy that's coming in as the interim offensive coordinator. To me, it seems like you've got a, a coach that says, wasn't me. It was my offensive coordinator, and he was getting some pressure. Big time. That was a, an embarrassing loss for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but uh, first of all, what are your thoughts about that loss? And, uh, and, and you know, do you? Know, I, I guess the better question I'm trying to ask here: Do you think uh, Ken Dorsey should have been fired because of a loss on national television? An embarrassment of the loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was it was kind of a scapegoat to say, "Hey, look, what the heck happened? We, uh, you know, we um, should have won that game. We didn't win that game. We let one of the worst teams in the league come back on it, or really dominate us for the most part. I mean, you know, you look back and, and they led most of that game. The Bills were trailing most of that game, uh, so." You know, I, I just think it's one of those things to where um, they need an scapegoat and the season's not going the way that the Bills thought it would go and all of a sudden the Dolphins are really good again and the Ravens are good and, and some of these teams that, that you're competing with are, are better than you. And so that's why I need to be made. Um, but we'll see. The Bills, obviously a great time to bounce back. Jets are not very good. They won't lose to the Jets. They'll cover the seven, seven points uh, and they'll be, they'll be back on the winning track. You know the Jets. The Jets are coming into Buffalo, uh, and Buffalo is like, "Hey, this ain't happening again." Uh, Jets aren't Jets aren't going to do any damage to Buffalo, but Buffalo is definitely going to do some damage to the Jets on Sunday. Would you agree? Yeah, I think Buffalo wins this one pretty handily. Now, another fun team that I've started to enjoy watch watching beyond because they've been making me a little money over in the draft geeks is the Seattle Seahawks, and they are against the Rams. And this is a, another kind of a coin toss, but I, I like Seattle on the road with this one. Um, and, the, and the spread on that is uh, actually like five, like five points, I think is what I saw yesterday on that. But the Seahawks and the Rams, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, they got blown out to the Rams earlier in the year. They're going to try to avenge that loss. Um, I think that they are the underdog in this game. So I like Seattle to win on the money line. I think this is a team that, um, you know, at 6-3 and three with Geno Smith, they're ready to compete, and they're still keeping pace with the San Francisco 49ers for that NFC West. Well, we've got a good game to talk about tomorrow night, and uh, that is the Minnesota Vikings against the Broncos. Uh and as you mentioned earlier, the Minnesota Vikings are starting to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, they're starting to turn things around. They are they are actually winning some games. The Broncos uh, got a miserable start, and so they're really playing catch-up right now. So I don't think that this is going to be a game that's going to help contribute to that cause. Uh, but I like the Vikings in this matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? 
and I think and, and, yep. and the spread is two and a half in that game. Yeah, the Vikings are still in it at six and four. They they went and got Josh Downs. He's a heck of a player. Um, they call him the pastronaut for a reason. Uh, they got a chance to go in and win this. You know, the Vikings will be sitting at seven and four with a backup quarterback with games against the Bears, Raiders, Vikings coming up, and then they'll have a bet. two of their last three games could be for the division as they take on the Minnesota Vikings, or excuse me, as they take on the Detroit Lions. So. Uh, there's a there's a little bit of rejuvenation going on right now in Minnesota, and I think the fans are here for it. Well, the big game of the week, and we, we alluded to this earlier, which is why Ed couldn't join us today. Uh, he's getting ready for that, and he's going to be in pressers all day, so he couldn't join us. But the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Super Bowl matchup. He did text me this, uh, this stat this morning uh, real quickly, real quickly. Let me find it. So the last time, Okay, Super Bowl rematch. He said the last time was 2017, and the Patriots beat the Falcons. The last four Super Bowl rematches have been won by the team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, so the story is not Taylor Swift being at this game. <laughs> uh, the story is the Super Bowl rematch. What are your thoughts on this really big game uh, on Monday night? I think the biggest thing right now, I mean, that maybe people aren't talking about, it's just how good this Chiefs defense has been. It's been a defense, you know, that last year, that last week, you know, two weeks ago, excuse me, down in Frankfurt in Germany, only allowed 14 points to the Dolphins. Uh, that Broncos game where they lost was kind of an anomaly. Uh, but this defense has been pretty good for the Chiefs. Uh, this is a team that's going to keep rolling. They still have a bad taste in their mouth for losing to the Broncos. Um, but, yeah. I think the Chiefs are destined. They could possibly win out. The schedule kind of favors them. Uh, I got the Chiefs in this one, 31-20. Well, that's, I, I like the Eagles. I, I, I follow the Eagles a lot. They're my favorite NFC team, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Eagles. But I, I certainly agree, agree with what you said. Now, I guess the other thing to say here is Taylor Swift taking up too much of our headspace. Don't you think she needs to to music? She's taking our game away. No, I'm just kidding. But do you realize, do you realize the the amount of money that the Chiefs have made off of jersey sales uh, with Travis Kelsey, uh, and now they've got an official jersey that they're actually selling out there, a Swift jersey. Uh, but Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, I, I really don't care that much. It's, it's worn itself out. But uh, the Chiefs are are using this as, as a great marketing. Uh, tool for them. They even list her as if she's going to be at the game as active or she's not going to be at the game as inactive. Uh, random question, should Taylor Swift be giving us back our NFL? <laughs> no, I think she's fine. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's another added layer to it. It it really uh, it, it gets a new audience into watching it. Um, and so far, so good. Now, the interesting story will be if they break up or if they get married. But as of right now, it's a fun story. I think it's, I you think know, it's, uh, uh, it's not as much. They're not showing them as much as they used to. And, uh, you know, hopefully moving forward, uh, we'll continue to see their their love grow. And I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's, well, it's too well, easy to be mad at them. So let's just let them have their fun. Supposedly, uh, Swiss parents and uh, – Kelsey parents are, are going to be at the game together tomorrow on Monday. So we'll see what happens real quickly. Uh, I wanted to just kind of get some against the spreads for today's uh, this afternoon's games. I'm going to the IU game as soon as I'm done here. Going to enjoy an IU win. They choked the, they, they screwed the pooch last week. They're not have no chance of going to a bowl game, but they will win against Michigan state. So headed down there to watch that game. But uh, some of the games today against the spread real quickly. The spread is 22 and a half. Oregon Ducks, uh, number six, they're nine and one. They're on the road against Arizona State, uh, Arizona Devils. So, uh, you know, against the spread at 22 and a half. Um, if, so, which means the Ducks have to win by 23. If you pick the Ducks, then you pick the Arizona State. Obviously, they've got a win, loser tie by 22. Uh, what are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I mean, I think Oregon's a really good team. Oregon's right there on the cusp of making the college football playoff. It obviously depends on what happens in the Pac-12 championship game. It obviously depends on, um, you know, what happens with Washington as well. Um, Oregon's a really good football team. They can spread it out. They can throw the football. Um, excited to see what they can do. Um, so give me the Oregon Ducks on the road to cover that 25 points. 
And then we've got uh, Florida going into Missouri. Uh, Mizzou, I, I, we're big Vols uh, family here. Uh, Melissa's a big Vols person, so I have evolved to wear a lot of orange outside of red around here. So we were really disappointed uh, with the loss with uh, Minnesota, I mean, with Missouri. Uh, my, uh, my boss at work is a Mizzou grad, so there was a lot of smack talk going on, and there's a Tennessee grad on my team as well. So uh, one might say, he, I would say he said that Tennessee got uh, murdered. I'd say they got beat by a good team. Missouri's a good team. Um, they play Florida uh, on, at home. They host Florida home. The spread is 11 and a half. Of course, number nine, Missouri Tigers. Uh, really, I like to watch the Missouri Tigers when they're not playing Tennessee. So uh, what are your thoughts on this SEC matchup tonight? Like this is the biggest lock of the day. Missouri minus 11. Florida's not very good. That's coming from a guy who likes Florida. Missouri's been tough. They want to stay in that top 10 race uh, to get the best bowl option. Uh, so be ready to go. Um, I think I think Arizona wins it. Last two games of the night, we'll let you go here. Uh, Georgia State Panthers are on the road against LSU. LSU is 7-3. The spread is 31 and a half. Um, I don't see any reason to go with the Georgia State Panthers against the spread on that. Who wins this matchup spread? Yeah, uh, LSU by a long shot. LSU by a long shot. I do not disagree with you on that. All right, the final game uh, of the of the of the day will be uh, the Texas Longhorns are on the road against the Iowa State Cyclones. They're sneaky good. Do I think that they can beat Texas? No, but I think they can cover the spread. But what are your thoughts at eight and a half? Uh, the, and the Iowa's at home against the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, I mean this is this is the Texas team that's, that that wants to make it to the to the to the final four. They're a team that, um, you know, is 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 ready to go. They they play they play tough all season. They got to go to Iowa State. Iowa State's decent at six and four, but I think Texas covers at seven and a half tonight at eight o'clock. Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast. Uh, what are you guys working on the podcast, and and what are you guys working on? What can people find your work in masterpieces, sir? Yeah, we were kind of looking back at that Colts win on Sunday and what the Pacers have been doing so far this season, and then uh, we're going to look forward to some racing stuff coming up over the next couple of months and and diving into the college basketball scene. So if you if you're a fan of Indianapolis, check us out. Let's do it. All right, buddy, Tony. You have yourself a good weekend and have a good Thanksgiving, sir. You too. Take care. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place joins us to help us break down the NFL as Ed Kratz is uh, getting ready for that Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. The Eagles and the Chiefs going to be a really, really good game. Uh, I'm a fan of the Eagles, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, We'll see what happens. But statistically speaking, uh, it's not always went in the favor of the Super Bowl loser in these Super Bowl matchups. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens there. Obviously, uh, a big game to watch. Thank you, Adam Jividen, uh Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan, and our official college football co-pilot. An all-around good dude. Swiss Army, Army knife around here. My, name, my name's uh, Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We we love having you guys join us. Make sure you're following us on the X. Is that what we're calling it now? Or Twitter or Twitter, the X formerly known as Twitter. Uh, at T Balance and then on Facebook, you can follow us on the balance. It is Thanksgiving weekend. I hope everyone has safe travels. Don't drink and drive, it isn't cool. But one of the things that I play every year on Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna close out with this, is the uh, Turkey Massacre from WKRP in Cincinnati. You guys have a great and safe Thanksgiving. I'm out of here. Deuces. All right, fellow babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big WKRP turkey giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nessman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WKRP turkey Thanksgiving giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What? You're blocking my store here, buddy. Don't you know who I am? Huh? I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye Newshawk Award last year. Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. 
creep? <laughs> so far, so good, huh? I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is... The, the crowd is, uh, curious, but well-behaved. And I think I hear something now. Uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And, oh, yes, I can see it now. It's a... It, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. A helicopter? It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner. And it says, uh, Happy... W-K-R-P. What a sight, ladies and gentlemen. What a sight. The culture seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver. Plumbing things to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. The third. No parachutes yet. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're talking! Oh, Johnny, can you get this? Oh, they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes! Why did you the windshield of a parked car? This is terrible. They're running around, pushing each other. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the humanity. Oh, people are running about. The turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. I think I'm going to step inside. I can't stay out here and watch this any longer. No, I can't go in there. Children are searching for their mothers, and oh, not since the Hindenburg tragedy has there been anything like this. I don't know how much longer I can hold my position here, Johnny. The crowd. Les, 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 are you there? Les isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Lad. Uh, you just tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkeys. Film at 11. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly.